just going to read two verses here, 14, 15, then we'll jump into this thing here. We're going to continue talking about to be continued. This is part three of that. So, you know, I always feel like I got to find some kind of fancy titles to change it, but it is what it is. We're just continuing on to be continued. You know, a lot of times, you know, I've found this happens. In fact, I've done it before my ministry, and I've been preaching now 30 years. Um, yeah, 30 years, back in April. And um, a lot of times, people make a title, then go try to find scripture. Because they got a title in their head. They title preachers. They're like, oh, that's a catchy phrase. That'll, you know, that'll preach. You ever hear people say, that'll preach. So they got a title. Then now they got to go find some scripture. So it ain't revelation. It's just a catchy phrase. No, preachers should come out of the scripture. Amen. Praise God. All right, 2 Timothy 3 and uh, verse 14 and 15. You have it? Okay, if you'll join me in reading, let's go. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All right, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity we have to spend this time in your word. Speak now for your servants we hear, and we intend to obey, and we receive the strength that will come as a result of obedience to this word we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, we've been reading verse 15. That's not part of my focus, but just for context sake, we've been reading verse 15. But just to bring up verse 15, it says the, the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. Remember I gave you that word sophizo? It comes from the word sopho, where we get the word sophisticated from. So your Bible, the words of your Bible are able to make you sophisticated for salvation or for soteria. Sophisticated lady, y'all ever heard that? So the word of God. Glenn, why you just look down like that? He's like, Pastor Don. So the word of God is able to sophisticate you. It's a verb, to sophisticate you. It's able to, 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 to take you to a knowledge and a skill level and a, um, where, where you can attain salvation. It says wise unto salvation. Well, you can attain salvation. Well, somebody's saying, well, I'm already saved. I already have salvation. Yes, but uh, there are things that accompany salvation. Right? So salvation, that word salvation there in the Greek is the Greek word soteria, which talks about uh, the, really the total blessed state of living. So it's not just being born again. It's not talking about wise under getting born again. You don't need wisdom to get born again. In fact, you don't have to know any scripture to get born again. Most people have no, no idea of any scriptures before they get born again. All they know is, I just receive, I believe, or I, I, I need Jesus. Save me, Lord. But when you want to walk in the, in the lifestyle that accompanies salvation, and when you want to, want to have the fullness, the soteria, I, did I see y'all the definition of, of soteria? Oh, y'all got it. Well, y'all, why you say nothing? The, the sum of benefits, y'all making me look like I'm, I'm behind. This, <laughs> the sum of benefits and blessings which the Christians redeem from all earthly ills. Redeem from what? How many of y'all know that this earth is full of all kind of ills? The Bible talks about, calls this a present evil world. 
So present evil world, not just because people out there murdering and raping and looting, but sickness and disease and lack and poverty and depression and guilt and addictions and all the kind of things, those are earthly ills. In other words, they don't exist in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no poverty. There's no lack in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. Those are earthly ills. And they wouldn't have been on earth if Adam and Eve hadn't, had not disobeyed God. But they're here, and we were born here, and except for the fact that we've been redeemed from the curse through Christ Jesus, we'd be subject to those earthly ills. But because you and I believe in Christ, and if we get into the scripture, that, remember, go, go back to what it says here in 2 Timothy 3. I'm preaching this one verse just because I hadn't really touched it, but I, this is not my focus. This is just a preamble. And that from childhood you have known what? The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. So the Scriptures will make you wise for, go put that soteria back on the screen for me, please. So the Scriptures will make you wise for redemption from all earthly ills. Because how many of y'all know that, there are, that most Christians are still living subject to earthly ills? They've been in somebody's church all their lives, but because they don't, they don't uh, know the Holy Scriptures. That word know is, is probably gnosko, something, something like that. I, don't, I didn't look it up, but it's probably an, an intimate knowledge. Y'all impressing my Greek. I'm proud, I could be wrong because I was wrong last week about something. But you can look into it. You might check. Y'all looking into it? I'll wait. I actually want to see what it is. I'm interested to know what it is. Uh-huh. 15. Verse 15. says, you have known idol, which means what? Uh-huh. To consider, looking into, yeah, understand. Okay, all right. So, so you don't, you don't just. It's not just you memorize scripture. As a kid, we we memorize scripture. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. For God's love the world; He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus wept. I knew that. That's my favorite one. Where is it found? John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. We had, we had to memorize all that kind of stuff. Anybody here was Kojic? You grew up Kojic? See, Christ is the answer, Acts 4 and 12. Oh, occupy till I come, Luke 19, 13. G, grow in grace, 2 Peter 3, 18. I, in all our ways, acknowledge him, 2 Peter, uh, 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 Proverbs 3 and 6. C, cleave that which is good, Romans 12, 9. We had to memorize scripture. We, 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 we memorized, but... But it didn't keep us from earthly ills. I didn't intend to preach this tonight. This is just where the Holy Spirit, the office got us. It didn't deliver me from any earthly ills. I was still broke, still sick, still subject to everything that anybody else, you coach it, still subject to anything, anybody, anything anybody else was. I forgot I had my brother back here. Praise God. We, we had to go through that. YBWW Union, we had to learn all that kind of stuff. Sunshine Band on Saturday. Church of God and Christ. We do the best we can to help our fellow man. We are the happiest sunshine man. But we were still subject to all our earthly ills. 
right? But the, if, if you know the scriptures, understand the scriptures, look into the scriptures, consider the scriptures, care about it, eat it, take it in, it'll make you wise. In other words, open your eyes, you're like, oh, I don't have to have that? You understand when it says make you wise? You're like, oh. You, you know everybody today trying to be woke? I'll come on this side. You know everybody today trying to be woke? And they, they slept as they can be. Oh, get woke, get woke. No, what you're doing is, you, what you're called getting woke is actually you are being darkened. Your eyes are being darkened by the enemy. You really want to be woke? You need the light of the gospel to shine into your heart. You need the day dawn to arise. That's morning time. You need the day dawn to arise in your heart. That's when you woke. Just because you in touch with your blackness, you ain't woke. Blackness don't make you woke. Because you're an, I'm a Nubian queen now. That don't mean, mean you woke. You can't, you, you don't even know what Nubian means. Where's Nubia? Where's, where's Nubia? Where is it? Tell me where Nubia is. That's over there near Wakanda, ain't it? Right? And that, that don't mean you woke. Get all the vibranium you can get. Yeah, I hear you. No, you want to be woke. Get in the word of God. The Bible says the interest of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. When you get in the word of God, now you woke. Y'all following this? Make you wise for salvation. This word that's on your lap, will, this word that's on your phone full time will make you wise for salvation. The more you spend with it, the more time, the more intimacy you have with the word of God. Oh, intimacy, yes. The more intimate you are with the word of God, the more alive you come. The Bible says that the word of God in Proverbs 4 is like health. It is, it is health to all your flesh. Y'all got it? All right. Praise the Lord. Now, go get Romans 14, 17 on the screen, please, because what, I'm, what we're talking about here, delivered from all these ills, is a life that we see in Romans 14, 17. When the Bible says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, it's not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, King James says Holy Ghost. I just prefer King James in that, in that arena. I like to call him Holy Ghost. I didn't grow up Baptist. In Baptist, they called him Holy Spirit. Catholics call him Holy Spirit. Coaches, we call him Holy Ghost. That seemed more real. Holy Spirit seemed like Soft. Holy Spirit. Like no power. That's what, see, I wasn't going to say it, but you said it. But it was the Holy Ghost. That's that Holy Ghost. So righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, right standing, being, being on par with God. Peace, I reign a total life, uh, felicity, uh, security, safety, happiness, prosperity. That's what peace is. 
and joy in the Holy Ghost, D. Ha, 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 ha. I said, ha, 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 ha. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost is, is always, always on no matter what you're going through. Y'all didn't say much. Joy in the Holy Ghost is always on no matter what you're dealing with. I don't care. I don't care who leaves. I don't care who goes. I don't care what happens. I don't care what doesn't show up. And when I wanted to show up, when I have joy in the Holy Ghost, I'm always ha 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 ha. Glory to God. And that joy is my strength. You got it? This is, this is the perfect life. It's, it's the life everybody out there is trying to get. But their understanding is darkened. They can't find it. So you and I, Luke 17, 17 21 said that that is in us. Y'all remember that? Luke 17, 21? 20? He talks about people asking, you know, he says, don't be looking over here where there's there. He said in verse 21, yeah. verse 21, the kingdom, go, go to 21. He said the kingdom is not, uh, the kingdom of God is within you. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost is within you. It's there. It's there. You got to let, you got to, thank you, Lord. Man, I don't, I don't mean to be all over here. But in Matthew 13, let me just read this. Praise God. Holy Ghost doing something. Y'all just. who? Somebody prayed this. Give me all off my notes. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 verse 31. Now, now we just read here that the kingdom of God is within you. And we just read over in Romans that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the perfect life. And he just told us here, it's in you. Well, you're saying, well, why, how come I'm not enjoying the perfect life? Okay. Verse 31 of Matthew 13. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Small but potent. When you see about mustard seed, it's not as much about the, about the size as it is the potency. In other words, it's you don't, you don't need a little bit. Too much mustard powder will overwhelm anything you're cooking. Don't put too much mustard on my sandwich. Just ruin a sandwich. Just a touch. Unless you're going to fry fish, you can smother the fish. What you do is you... Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all come back, come back, come back. It's just a little secret. You take the fish before you, before you batter it and smother it in mustard and then batter it. Change your life. Change your life. All right, come back. Okay. So a mustard seed which a man took, which a man took, which a man took and sowed in his field. So you man, you woman, you got to take this seed and sow it in your field, in your heart. Which indeed is the least of all the seeds. So when you sow it, it's the smallest thing in there. What's everything else in there is bigger. All the entertainment you've heard, all, all the things your mom and daddy told you, all the things you've ever learned from, you know, all your surroundings, all your environment, all the sense realm things you've already, you've already gained and attained. 
All that's bigger. So that when you get the word of God seed in you, you come here to a church like this, or you watch it on TV, a church like this, hopefully, and you're, you're hearing the word seed deposited in heaven, and you take it and deposit it in your own spirit. It's small. So for, for a while, um, the, the things of the world still uh, are bigger, and they're, they're more, they're, they're more uh, what's the word I use? They, they, they carry more weight still than the seed of the word. Are you following me? You got, got the seed of the word, word and you tells you I'm, I'm healed. By stripes I'm healed. That's the seed of the word. But everything in your flesh, well, all the symptoms say I'm sick. I am sick. I'm sick. Because this, that seed of the word is still tiny when you get it in there. But when it is grown, but when it is grown, see when it's sown is smallest, but when it is grown, so there's a process that happens to get that seed from sown to grown. Man, Holy Spirit knows what we're talking about tonight. So when it's grown, then it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. Just like in your brain, there are trees. Every, every, every habit you have is a tree. Every, every behavior pattern you have is a tree in your brain. Not a tree like out there, but there's the trees, these, these neurons that have been set up that, that, that makes you walk the way you walk. Makes you sign your name a certain way. You understand what I'm saying? Every habit you have while you eat your dessert first. See, somebody said, yeah, see? Why do you do that? Why? Don't let me forget this verse here. I'm going to come back. Which is, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about everything you do, why you, when you, when you uh, could, when you want a snack, and you choose, there's fruit, and then there's chips. Now, come on now. The reason you choose that is because of a tree that's, set, that's in your brain. Whichever one you choose. Right? You go, uh, you're traveling on, on, on the road, and you, go, you stop over, you need to get your little snack, stop at a little gas station, whatever. And they have, they have fruit at most gas stations. But generally, you pass right by the fruit and go over there to the Cheetos and the Fritos and the Snickers bars and the Twix and the whatever. Get you a soda, because this is what we've been trained. I need that to stay awake. I need me a Mountain Dew and an ice cream bar to stay awake. But don't realize, okay, those are carbs. They're going to put you to sleep. But your tree says, grab a Snickers. Grab a Snickers and a Mountain Dew. Praise God. Um, all right, let me keep going. I won't, I won't say that. So when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air. The bird, when you ever see birds in the scripture, it represents thoughts. Birds represent thoughts. So the thoughts of the air come and nest in its branches. Now you build new trees, and now your thoughts now are... Are, they rest in the tree, the new trees you set up. Yes. 
now you have a different train of thought about, a different way of thinking about things. Okay, I'll tell I said, I, I, one of the things that, that happened to me um, uh, recently, you know, I've been in this, in this uh, what, what do they call it in the world, the battle of the bulge. You know, you, weight loss. You, you want to lose weight, and you, you know, you, praise God, you work at it, and you work at it for a minute, and then you kind of just put, teeter off, and then you work at it. And, and something happened to me here a few weeks ago. And the, the Holy Spirit gave me light on something. I re, something I didn't realize was happening in, inside my brain. And he finally brought, he, I, I was woke to it. <laughs> he showed me my problem, with, and I'm talking about especially going to a restaurant. Because that's the hardest place generally to eat properly. So what he showed me was, I was going to the restaurant, and my issue about eating healthy was not the food, it was the money. Now, this may not apply to you. This is what he showed me. He said, your, he said son, your issue isn't the food, it's the money. He showed me, I had a block in my brain that healthy food costs more and you don't get enough. Your portion. And I, in my brain, I always wanted to leave with that full feeling. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? You got to eat. That, that's what he's saying. Especially when you go out to eat, you want to you wanna leave and know, I'm satisfied. <sighs> I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost dealt with me. And he said, your problem is you're still going to eat like a broke man. Now, I've been two years debt free. Don't owe nobody on the planet anything. And it got some jingle in the bank. But it said, you still go out to eat like a broke man. What? Yes, you order the worst stuff because you think it's, it's portion-wise, and the worst stuff is usually the cheapest stuff, and you, you follow me? And the portion, you're like, I'd rather, I'd rather get that big old burger that's on special and the f unlimited fries. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is where I've been. I don't, and, and it wasn't until the Holy Ghost woke me up and said, that's the, that's the tree that's in you. And so he said, just stop doing that. Order. Make good decisions every day. I, I had I had a Olivia. She does all this art, creative art, creative artwork. I said I said, please make me a little thing. I put on my phone on this, on my phone. It says, make good decisions today. Just so everybody look at my phone. It says, make good decisions today. Ain't no scripture. Ain't nothing deep. It's just make good decisions today. And for me, I noticed I. I, well, I'm telling y'all, so you don't know. It's, so when you go to that restaurant, and you say, let me see it. Okay, no, let me, let me have the uh, uh, salad with chicken. <laughs> grilled, grilled chicken, please. Marvin, tell you, they've been, you know, the last, I don't know how long it's been, I've been less than about a month. 
I'm not eating that stuff. It's just, I'm like, don't. Now, that doesn't mean I don't, I don't reach over from time to time and grab one of her fries. That's not what, I'm not trying to be religious about it. But he, he was dealing with a tree that I had to lay the ax to. That tree. If I had any chance of changing my lifestyle. Are you following what I'm saying? Just these little things. I'm 48 years old. For 48, year, for 48 years, I, well, once I had teeth, I've been biting my fingernails for almost 48 years. All of a sudden here a few weeks ago, the, God just helped me lay the axe to the tree. About four or five months. I'm not, I mean, I have to go and trim my nails, cut my nails now. She had to tell me, cut your nails. Dog, for years I ain't had no nails to cut because I was. Now, it's not, I didn't have any kind of um, acupuncture or hypnos, hyp, hyp, hypnosis or, it's just, I got woke. You follow what I'm saying? It's just, it's just I, and I'm going to tell you what happened with my nails. I'm going to tell you what happened with my nails. I was looking at Dad, looking at Dr. Leroy. I looked, looked at Brother Copeland. I'm looking at Brother Jesse. I said, those guys' nails look good. They well, I said, rich men don't bite their nails. Or nervous. I see that. I know y'all. You're like, what, what, what do they have to do anything? I'm talking about when the seed. Now, the seed has always has been there for a while. It just, I hadn't allowed those seeds to grow up. Can I tell you what gets in the way of the seed growing up? Y'all want to hear it? What, what, where are y'all? Matthew 13? Go back earlier in Matthew 13. <laughs> verse 20. No, verse, verse 18. Because we just read about the, the kingdom of heaven, right? Verse 18. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the, of the kingdom... And doesn't does understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. It just immediately just lost it. But he who received the seed on stony places, all kind of stones in there, all kind of other thoughts, all kind of other things that you had already had in there for years. Stones. Stones like, you know, you want to make sure you get, you know, go to buffet, you eat two plates, man. You can't. Come on now, help me out. I know some of y'all are, I'm going to get my money worth. No, we, before we leave, you're going to get your money worth. $10 meal and you're going to get your money's worth. The $10 is garbage and you know it. 
I'm a, but in the, the stone in there is, I'm going to get my money's worth. But the scripture says in Proverbs that the righteous eat to the satisfying of the soul, not the belly. And I don't mean to be talking about this because I, I don't have room to talk about nobody. Trust me, I don't have room to talk about nobody. So I'm not talking, I'm not talking about nobody. I'm talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about me. But what I'm saying and what I found was I was eating to the satisfaction of my belly, not my soul. Your belly is just insatiable because you, you know what to do when you, you want to make room for more in your belly? So those are, those are the stones that are in there, ways you've been brought up, how you handle money. How, how, how you deal with other people. Those are stones that are in there. Boy, this is, this is good preaching. This is, this is unplanned preaching here. Those are stones that are in there that have been there for years, decades, since you've been a child. These stones that have been there, you better eat, eat everything on your plate. Sitting there at home, your mama cook. You better eat everything on that plate. I'm full, mama. Eat everything on that plate. I don't want to eat it. Well, we're going to put it, take it, wrap it up, put it in the refrigerator, you're going to eat it later. So now you go to a restaurant, you don't, you don't leave now left over nowhere. You take every ounce of leftover, you take, it's a pickle spirit. You go wrap up the pickle spirit and take that joker home. It's stones. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you? I don't know who this is for. It might be for somebody online. This is, this is for somebody tonight. It's, it's, these are stones that are in there. Yeah, I need a box. And, and if we don't change those, get those stones out, see those stones are going to impede the growth of that seed. You have the wealth seed in you. You have the health seed in you. You have the marriage seed in you. You have the childbearing seed in you. You have, every, you have everything you need. The seed of the word of God is already on the inside of you. We got to get these stones out. The stones that are trying to prevent righteous living, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Full time. Praise God. So, starting place, he hears the word, immediately receives it with joy. Go to verse 21 for me, please. Yet he has no root in himself. You know why he can't get root? Because the stones are in the way. This is not because it's shallow, it's because the stones are in the way. The stones are keeping the seed from getting rooted. So, even when, uh, go back to verse 20. Go back to verse 20 for me, please. Receives it with joy. So you excited about when you heard it, praise God. Oh boy, I'm going to be wealthy, boy. I'm going to be healthy, boy. I'm going to have everything God said. You receive it with joy, but then you got to go home and the stones are there. Is that, is that been anybody's testimony? The stones were there. The word is there. The word is alive. The word can produce, but the stones are there. And it says, so... Uh, Let's go back to go to verse 21 for me, please. Thank y'all, media, for following me. I'm just, Holy Ghost all over the place. We just gonna follow him. <laughs> so, yet he has a root of himself, but endures only for a while. 
Because you go back to ordering the worst thing on the menu. Yes. Or you go back to spending all your money. Did you just spend all of it? Yeah, I spent all of it. <laughs> so you get a big bonus and you spend all of it. Tax refund check come in and you spend all of it. Get a raise and you spend all the way up to the raise now. Instead of banking the raise that you didn't have before, now you spend all the way up to the raise and you still paycheck to paycheck now. It's stones. It's stones. So that's why then you endure only for a while. Well, it go back. It, that, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It wasn't working. That word wasn't working. I sold that seed. It wasn't working. I heard that word. I listened to that message 12 times. It ain't working. It was working. It's just that you didn't work to get the stones out. That's the lazy part. And so what happens then, the Bible says, when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Stones. Tribulation and persecution arise. Now, that happens for everybody. Stone, stony ground, then you get to the, to the thorny ground after that, and you get to the good ground after that. Now, the reason, the difference between the stony ground and the good ground, who face the same tribulation persecution, is that the good ground didn't have the stones in there. So because of the stones, Barbara, you go, you, you go back, you taught us years ago something called the law, the law of primacy. Barbara's been a great teacher for many years. The law of primacy. And the law of primacy, if I understand this, remember correctly, Barbara, is that you return back to your first order. You go back to the things you used to do when what you are trying to do now stops. You feel like, it seems like it's not working. You go back. Okay, so um, I'm going to eat right. And I'm eating right for a week. And I get on the scale. What? 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 You know what? Let me go get me one of these chicken sandwiches from Popeyes. This mess don't work. Take your pistol now. Take your pistol if you're going to go. Because folks fighting over the chicken sandwiches now. Praise God. People getting killed over chicken sandwiches, man. Yeah, a guy in Maryland got killed right over chicken sandwich. People fighting, posting videos, people fighting in the stores over chicken sandwiches. Yeah, over chicken sandwich. No, I ain't never heard nobody fighting over at Sweet Tomato. You ever been to Sweet Tomato and those salad? Ain't never been no Sweet Tomato fights over soup and salad. Nobody ever lost their life over soup and salad. But if I know a chicken sandwich. So these stones are there, ladies and gentlemen. So when I talk to you about, when I just told you here about what the Lord dealt with me about when it came to eating the restaurant, those are stones. Those are stones like, man, that's why you, you got to get these stones out of still act, ordering like a poor man. 
Praise God. Now that, again, that's just, that was my issue. That's not my wife's issue, not my kids. That's my issue. So I don't try to, I don't impose my issue on them. That's my issue. You got it? It was my issue. Praise God. I'm, I'm woke now. So tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. And immediately he stumbles. Y'all got it? Now, look at this here. That word tribulation is the Greek word thlipsis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If any Greek people in here, y'all forgive me. Thlipsis. Any, any Greek people? Nobody's Greek? Okay. Thlipsis, which means a pressing, pressing together, pressure, metaphorically oppression, affliction, tribulation, of course, distress or straits. In other words, it's tight. And yet the Bible says in Acts 14, 22, that we must through this kind of condition enter the kingdom of God. Through pressing, through pressure, through oppression, through affliction, through distress and through, through straits. You enter into that kingdom lifestyle, but you got to uh, 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 up until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. This Bible says from the days of John the Baptist to now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Other places say the violent press into it. The violent press into the kingdom. And the reason why most Christians never experience the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is because they don't have enough press in them to press past the tribulation, the pressure, the straight, the tight, the affliction. Immediately they stumble. Immediately they stumble. Other places it says immediately they are offended. Have y'all seen it say that in some, some other place? Anybody have King James on Matthew 13? Oh. It says offended. About the tribulation, persecution, arise for the word's sake because of the word, they are offended. We we say stumbled in New King James, but the King James says they are offended, off-ended, off-ended. They went off the end. They walked right away from it. It don't work. It does work, and it was working. Why? Why you were going? Listen. Remember the word of God. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 is active. It's energizing. It's effective. It's acting while you are sitting right here at 8.37 p.m. on November 6th. The word that God has already spoken of your life, the word you have agreed with and released is working for you right now. Well, I don't see nothing. You, did, did you see it working before? Did you, did you see, have you ever seen, have you ever seen the word working? No. The Bible says that the things that, are, uh, that appear were, my, were not made by things which, which are visible. Vice versa. Things that are visible were not made by things which do appear. So anything you see in the natural was made by something that you cannot see at all. And it's talking about the word of God. So the word of God, though you cannot see it, it is working just as sure as you're sitting here on your seat right now. And because the devil knows that, he comes along and makes it tight, makes it tough. 
You got to have enough fortitude to go through that season of heaviness, to go through that. uh, The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I think that's Psalm 34, 19, somewhere around there. About a minute. We got, we got many afflictions. The Lord delivers us out of them all. Out of them all. We don't, we don't, have, to, we don't have to be stuck in these afflictions. We're going through, but he'll get us out of every one of them. Yeah, 34, 19. He delivers us out of them all. He's going to deliver you. Y'all didn't catch that. He's he going to deliver you. It's hard, Pastor. You don't know. I know, but he's going to deliver you. Just hold tight right there. You just hold tight. When you've done all you can do, you just stand, resist. Get 1 Peter 5 and verse... um, Probably through verse. And sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So you, you resist the one that's resisting you. That's right. You put up a front, sir. Come on. Yes, sir. And your resistance, watch this, watch this, looks like persistence. Y'all mess it. uh, Y'all missed that. How do you know if you're resistant? Because it looks like persistence. How can I tell if I'm I'm resistant? It's your persistence. What do you mean by that? It's by you. When the devil's coming against you, you don't stop. I see you, devil, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on praising. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on giving. I'm going to keep on dancing. I'm going to keep on confessing. I'm going to keep on declaring. I'm going to keep on demanding. I'm going to keep on decreeing. I ain't going to stop. My, my persistence is evidence of my resistance. Don't tell me you're resistant and you stop. You're retreating. If you stop, Stopping is not resistance. When it, the Bible says, uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore, it doesn't mean stand. You're going to get taken out, you just stand. That word stand is a military term. Like Custer's last stand. Stand against ISIS. That means you put up a fight, it's a war. You don't, you, your mama and your daddy, your uncle, somebody taught you, you don't stand unless somebody keep bushing your head. You better get you a brick or a bottle or something. Anybody raised like a, with a mama and daddy like me? Now don't, you ain't got to start no fight, son. Son, don't you start no fight. We good Christians, you don't start no fight now. But you don't stand and you know, we grew up in the turn of the cheek. You get almost, almost turn of the cheek one time. I'm going to give you one chance. But I'm about to go up, upside your head. The devil, you don't let the devil sit there and just keep attacking you and whack you all upside your head, whack you all upside your life, whacking your finances, whacking your family, whacking your marriage, and you don't stand and you don't do nothing. 
Well, just hope the Lord just one day come on. You better persist. You better keep on going. You want to know how to frustrate the devil? Is you keep on going when he expects you to fall. When he expects you to quit, you keep on going. You're not only frustrated, you're going to confuse him. You're going to confuse him. He's like, okay, wait a minute. I, I thought, oh. I came, I came with that one, dog. I, okay, let me, let me I'm try something different now, because I, they keep on going? I mean, you're going to keep on praising that God? You're going to keep going to church? You're going you gonna to keep getting up and going back, going to work? You know they don't like you. You're going to keep on going? That's what per persistence is the evidence of your resistance. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood. We're part of a brotherhood. Your brotherhood in the world. Glory to God. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm nowhere on my notes. I don't know what we're talking about. You get it by Sunday. Put that word continue on the screen. I gave you the definition of continue. We're talking about that, right? To be continued. Remember the last diet you went on? What would happen if you had just continued? Remember the last time you started working out? I mean, really, there are times I right now just, just get really get mad at myself for stopping two years ago. <laughs> and I was going so well. I mean, I was doing so well. What did hinder me? And I, and I sit there and think, man, if I kept going, I probably would have been just. <laughs> what is that? Slurred. I would have been. <laughs> My no? You with me on that? It's frustrating because right now, if I did before and after, my after looked just like my before. I'm like, yeah. You what? Just so what? No, no, I, no, I, no. It's, it's trust me. I'm, I'm. Believe it or not, some of y'all who didn't know me, I'm a lot smaller than I used to be. Uh, I was, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, it was, it was morbid back then. 
It really was. Yeah, I was, I was big. I was, I, I was like, no, I, I ain't gonna crack on myself. I'm not, no, I'm not gonna crack. I'm not gonna crack on myself. I'm not gonna give y'all fuel to crack on me. What I look like? But if I had not quit. What, what have you stopped? This is between you and God. What, what have you stopped that if you had kept going, you'd be like, oh, by now I would have been. Did y'all get to work? Okay, continue. Watch this. Continue. Listen to this. We got a couple minutes left here. Continue. To persist in an activity or process, we've been hitting on that the last week here, or to recommence. Do I, get any, do I have any recommences in here? Start Monday? Y'all like start Monday on oh, Monday. Monday, Monday, Pastor, Monday. Not, not tonight, Monday. I start Monday. It's always Monday. Monday's a holiday? Oh, yeah, you can't start on Veterans Day. No, no, you can't. No, you got you to gotta honor the veterans. You got to honor the veterans. Praise God. So you can recommence or resume after interruption. Now, the interruption we know comes because of the enemy. Right? No, no matter what you were doing, I don't even mean, mean things deeply spiritual. Even natural things you were doing that were good. The enemy is wanting to make you stop. It ain't, it ain't you. A thought came in. You, it's, it's, it's Thanksgiving. Ooh, you want to just eat, just eat, just eat everything. Okay. Okay. That's, is that, that's what it is. And, and then, and then you got leftovers on Friday, and it's still leftovers on Saturday, and it's like cake, and you find one slice of pie that somebody hid in the refrigerator and left. They forgot they left the pie in the refrigerator, and that was Sunday. You're like, oh, my God. And then by that time, you're like, oh, man, forget it. I'll start after Christmas. Christmas come. Uh, New Year's. New Year's resolution. Here's resolution. The good thing is, you can recommence or resume after interruption. Now watch. Now watch. I want to give you this here. I, I, I got to get something into you. Persist. Says there, persist. Now put that definition back on the screen for us, please, tonight. Persist. Because this is what's important. Persist means to continue firmly or stubbornly in an opinion or course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, or failure. Right? So to continue. Now, how many of you have you ever uh, taken or read a prescription or some sort of medication or treatment for something, even if it was over the counter, and there'll be a little thing at the bottom disclaimer that says, if symptoms persist, stop use immediately and consult a physician. Y'all ever seen that? Okay. Because what they're saying to you is, what you're dealing with is too much for this. This is not powerful enough 
for what you're dealing with. Right? But you and I, when we have the word of God, there is no clause at the bottom of, the, of any book or any promise in the Bible that says if symptoms persist, stop use immediately. There's no disclaimers. Because the Bible, God knows that if you would use the word and apply it immediately, God's pills. Huh? Those capsules. Those of you who remember Brother Charles Caps, there's a little books. God's pills. Take three times a day. Putting the word of God in your, in your mouth. Putting the word of God in your heart. Putting the word of God in your ears. Putting the word of God before your eyes. Putting the word of God in there all day long, all day long, all day long. In other words, if you would be persistent about the word, your symptoms will not persist. Because there's no symptom, there's no condition that's too powerful for the word of God. See, all the stuff in here in, in man-made will say, if, if this don't do it, then go, you got to go see some, some other higher power. So that's what they're saying. Go see a doctor. Get a prescription of a higher power than what, what we have here at Walgreens. But when you and I get into the word, there is no higher power than the word. You understand? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. There is no higher power than the word of God. God is the highest power. He's the most high. El Elyon. He's the most high God. There's no power higher than the word of God. So if you and I would just simply get into that, and, but we have to be persistent in the word, then we'll get the answers that we need. Y'all with me on this? All right. Let me give you uh, a couple more scriptures here. I want to show you what persistence looks like and the effect of it. Now, Daniel 10, because you have an adversary, right? You have the word. Let's look at all the factors in, the, in, your, in your equation here. You have the word, you have God, you have the Holy Ghost, but you have an adversary. The word is working, and the adversary is working. And the word works uh, as long as you work it. So you're working, hopefully, and the adversary is working. Okay? Because the adversary is coming because of the word. He, he, he's coming because of the potential of the word, the potential of your faith. He's coming to derail you. That's why you and I uh, quit anything because we just, we got derailed by thought, by a bump in the road, by uh, opposition, by um, some difficulty, by some challenge, by somebody. We heard, we heard one too many no's. No, N-O apostrophe S, one too many no's. Negative responses. And we just quit. We got derailed. You didn't realize you were 10 minutes away. Three days away. You follow me? In Daniel 10, Daniel 10, 
Glory to God. It says, verse 1, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time, but the appointed time, the message was true. Oh, I'll tell you that, but the message is true. Matter of fact, if you can't point to their Bible and say the message is true. But the appointed time <laughs> was long. Did y'all catch that? What you've heard preached here, it's true. There's an appointed time. Which means you, it's going to require some uh, <laughs> patience. The Bible uses one place, the phrase, continuance, uh, uh, patient continuance, I think is what, it, what, it's, what it's called. You got to be able to continue in it. You got it? Now, okay, so the point of time was long, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. Verse 2, verse 2, now watch this. How many of y'all ever heard of the Daniel fast? Yes. Okay. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning how long? Now, how many weeks in, how many days in a week? Seven. Let's try to start over. Back up. All right, how many days in a week? Seven. Good. In three full weeks, that means it's how many days all total? 21 days. Very good, class. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself. I ain't lotion myself at all. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. I'm just mess, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, so when people say I'm going to go on a Daniel fast, how long are everybody planning a Daniel fast to be? 21 days. Why? That's what he says. Now, where did you get the idea that Daniel planned for 21 days? The Bible never said he planned 21 days. That's, this is how long it took. Because you don't see, you don't see a 21-day marker anywhere else. If that was just a pattern, 21 days, you see 21 days all, all over the place. 21 days, 21, 21 days. You saw 40 days plenty of times. You just never saw 21 days anywhere else. This is, this is how long it took. How do we know? Look down here, verse 10. Verse 10. No, verse, verse 8. Verse 8, therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. Verse 9, yet I heard the sound of his words and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. Anybody ever been there in a deep sleep? Yeah. <laughs> oh, message. <laughs> okay, now let me pause. Let me say this real quick. I'm not telling you to not set aside 21 days. I'm not telling you you can't plan on 21 days. The Lord tells you to fast 21 days, you better fast 21 days. In other words, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of 21-day fast. I'm only saying to you, I'm trying to show you that there's no, there's no indication here that that's what Daniel planned. This is just what happened. And I'll show you how we know that. Verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. 
And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, be, uh, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, first day that you set your heart to understand. Did y'all catch that? From the very first day, Daniel. In other words, the moment Daniel said, you know what, I'm going to fast till I get an answer. Boom. Day one, here comes the answer. Oh, Jesus, y'all missing it. Boom, day one, here comes the answer. The answer is released from heaven on day one. He said, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come. I have come. I've made it here because of your words. Your words were heard day one. So it didn't take God 21 days to hear him and it didn't take God 21 days to answer him. But day two, Daniel doesn't have the answer yet. Well, forget it. You know what? Let me go, go to Red Lobster. What happened? Persistence has to kick in. What I'm saying to you is that there are many of us who set out to seek God's face and to know something, and the answer didn't come in the first seven days to us, and we quit. And here it is a year later, we still don't have our answer because we just forgot about it. It's not that God didn't hear you. If, if you call unto me, I will answer you. Show you great amount of things that you know not of. While you're called, before you call, he said another place, before you call, I will answer. Before you call, I will answer. The Bible says the ears of God are always open to the righteous. So the moment you start praying and seeking God, here comes your answer. He hears you, here comes your answer. Part of fasting is not to get God to move. Fasting is to get you to hear. Not to get him to hear, to get you to hear. Oh, man, y'all. Fasting is not to get God to hear. Fasting is to get me to hear. Because day one, day one his, his prayer was heard. Day one, he, here comes the angel. He says, now verse, that's verse 12, right? Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, now he's not talking about some army uh, guy over in Persia with little green men. He's talking about a principality. A prince over principality. They're talking about spiritual warfare in the heavenlies. He says from the first day, he said the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So Daniel wasn't saying, I'm going to fast 21 days till I get an answer. The first day the answer comes, or it's released, but there's a battle going on in the heavenlies for 21 days. Now, the answer is released day 21, or day one. What if Daniel had quit on day two? We're going to assume this is Gabriel, which is the messenger angel, right? He says, watch this. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Gabriel is the chief messenger angel. 
Michael is a chief warrior angel. So he said, I'm in, a, in this spiritual fight in the heavenlies, and Michael, the chief warrior angel, had to come help me to get to free me from this battle in the heavenlies so I could finally make it here with your answer. If Daniel had not persisted in his seeking God's face, I, I, can, I can reasonably assure you that Michael would not have been sent. But because Daniel persisted, kept reaching by faith, believing God to get clarity on what, on this vision he had seen, God sent reinforcements. Michael, hey, you and your boys, hey, go help Gabriel. Need some help. He's, he's battling a whole principality over that area. There's a whole principality because the enemy knows that if the answer gets through, it's going to set a whole region free. This is a big answer. This isn't, this isn't just Daniel believing God for an answer about, you know, which car should he buy. This is Daniel believing, getting a vision about a whole region, about, about, about all, of, all of Israel. So he, got, he deals, because, because of the level of his, of his request, that, 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 that uh, dictated a level of the resistance that came against him. Did you, that make sense to what I, just, what I just said to you? Because of the level of what, he, what he's believing God for, it, it, the enemy sent that much of a resistance against him so he couldn't get it. If you asking God for something like, you know, uh, which piece of, you know, which, which bread should I buy? White wheat or white wheat? You ain't gonna get. It ain't gonna be much spiritual fight. It ain't gonna be nothing. Just read the comments. Just get what you want, child. But if you're trying, if you if you're talking about being a change agent, moving or shaking the kingdom of God, and and what you're believing God for is gonna shake up the devil's turf, shake up his territory, you're gonna face an, a, an outstanding amount of resistance. But you cannot quit. You have to keep on going until, because your prayer, your, your seeking God is going to keep, is going to get some reinforcements. All right, now, let me keep going, because I don't want to get too doctorally into that stuff here. He says, one of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king, kings, kings, kings. He's fighting an army. This one, Gabriel, is fighting a whole army of, of demonic forces, all right? Okay? But now I've come to make you understand, verse 14, what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. How long did it take him to get this breakthrough? 21 days. Is it possible that 21 is the biblical number for breakthrough? Is it possible that 21 is a biblical number for spiritual breakthrough? Some of y'all, you catch this by Sunday. Is it possible that 21 is the number for spiritual breakthrough? That things that have been held up with all the praying and all the fasting, all the singing, all the giving, all the sowing that we've been doing, is it possible that because we didn't quit in year two and didn't quit in year 12 and didn't quit in 2012 and didn't quit three years ago, that but we, but we persisted? That we're about to come into the greatest spiritual breakthrough we've ever seen as a ministry? 
But dig if we quit at the first sign of tribulation, if we had quit at the first sign of trouble and opposition and difficulty and strait and pressure, we never get to our what what Jeremiah uh, uh, Jeremiah twenty three eleven is that the scripture twenty nine twenty nine eleven rather. King James Version, expected end, our expected end, you can only get to your expected end if you persist. Our expected end is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's, 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 it's a life beyond all comparison, life you can never have just by earthly means, because earthly means you'll be stuck living by, uh, with earthly ills. But if we persist, we'll get to the fullness of what God's called us to have and enjoy. And as a ministry, hallelujah, as a ministry, we've had every reason, every reason, every opportunity to to fold up, close up shop, <laughs> put the building up for sale, shut it down. Matter of fact, times, times we, we, were, we, were, we were this close one time, well, I don't say this close, we were probably maybe this close to merge with other churches. Remember that? Let's, let's just merge. Let's just merge this thing. This ain't working. The Lord said it is working. It is working. You just stay persistent. You just continue. Don't stop doing what I told you to do. Then don't look at what's around you. Don't look at what you see. Don't go by what you see. Go by what I said. It's so interesting. Brother Kirkland, the other day I was happy to be on the internet. I was looking for something, and I stumbled on a prophecy page with all those old prophecies from years past. 2009, going back to 2009. All these old prophecies, 10 years ago. Actually, 2007. Dr. Jetter's on there, 2007. But you have to persist. The vision's yet for what is it? An appointed time. Though it tarry, what? Wait for it. In the end, it shall speak and it shall not lie. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, give God some praise tonight if you receive that tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to get more into this on Sunday. We might have to be continued part four. That'll be all right? Because I'll get on, on to this side of the page on Sunday. Show you some examples and some truths about persistence and perseverance. Perseverance. You remember, was that 
was it last year the Lord dealt with us on covetousness? Yes. Remember that? How heavy that was? Yes. I'm like, we don't want to hear that, but how important that was to God? Yes. So interesting that we got, he's teaching us right now about persistence and continuance. And I don't, I don't really, I'm just going to be honest with you, just, just me being honest as a, as a preacher. I don't really enjoy preaching this right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't really enjoy preaching about persistence and continuing and perseverance. That's, that's, I don't, this, you know, if I had to choose a subject, what I'm going to preach on, that's not it. That's like I didn't choose to preach on covetousness. You don't get, you know, preaching invitations all over the country preaching on covetousness. You know what I'm saying? But it obviously is important to God for us to have dealt with covetousness last year. And now before we go into this vision manifestation to deal with perseverance, why? Because the devil knows what's about to happen in your life. And so he's, that's why he tries right now to shake everything up. He's shaking up marriages, shaking up families, shaking up children, shaking up business, shaking up your finances. He's shaking up everything, right? Just shaking up stuff. He's shaking. But the Bible talks about in Hebrews, I think it's 12, about so that the things that can be shaken. See, there are things that, that can be shaken. That stuff gets shaken off. So that, so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. That means when everything, when all the shaking is done, when all the dust settles, we're going to know what we got now. Now I know what I'm working with. An unshakable kingdom, the Bible calls it. An unshakable. We're, the Bible says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken deep. So he'll shake up all the 401k. He'll shake up all the medical science. He'll shake up all the banking. He'll shake up all the, shake up all the stuff. He'll shake up all the hospital stuff. He'll shake it all up. <laughs> Deacon Tyrone, you, I, well, I think it's all children you work over there. Oh, they shook, they shook that whole thing. I shake it up. Why? So that we're going to be, be left with what cannot be shaken. God's trying to get us there. Get, get over here in this kingdom. Get over here in this word. Let that word see now grow up in your life and dictate and rule your life and you're going to be blessed, blessed. indeed. Amen? Amen? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Tell your neighbor, you're going to be all right. Tell them, it's about to get a little tight, but you're going to be all right. The Lord gave Dad a word up in Frankfurt. He told the people, these are going to be the most difficult, the most challenging, difficult times, but the most rewarding times. Now, that ain't the kind of prophecy you want to hear. You want to hear a man of God said, you're about to have the most challenging, difficult times. You don't want to hear that. But the B clause is, but they're going to be the most rewarding times of your life. I didn't even think about that in 
preaching this so far. Just, that just came to me just now. The Holy Spirit reminded me of that, of what the man of God said up there. So don't be alarmed, Shantae, if, if it gets challenging and difficult. If you persist, it's going to be the most rewarding. The most rewarding, the most rewarding time. So what you do is keep your eyes on the prize. Some of y'all don't remember that old the movie they made us watch. Keep your eyes on the prize. Good, good, very good docuseries about the civil rights movement and people went through all sorts of calamity and trouble and affliction and adversity, but they kept their eyes on the prize of freedoms and, our, and civil rights. And even when the dogs were released, and even when the, the water hoses were turned on, even when uh, they were being, being incarcerated, Bull Connor and all his cronies and, and, and Montgomery and all those guys were doing all this kind of stupid stuff, they, they, they kept their eyes on the prize. Well, the same thing applies to us in the spirit. Keep you on the prize. Thank you, Lord. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is now set at the right hand of the Father. That's what you and I are going to do. Amen? Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for the, the instruction and the inspiration. Thank you, Father, Lord, that tonight you are uh, preparing us spiritually uh, not for the difficulty, but for the reward. The difficulty is not, not from you. It's from the enemy. So, Lord, we're, you're, you're letting us know that, God, there's going to be a great reward for those who diligently seek you, for those who will uh, remain uh, diligent to the end, keep the same full assurance of hope to the end, that, God, we're going to receive and see the end of our faith if we remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work, Lord, knowing that our labor is never and it's not in vain in the Lord. So, Father, I pray tonight to, uh, grace for your people. Grace for your people, oh God. Strength and ability, God, that for every situation, every condition, every circumstance, oh God, that God, you place upon us the grace and the supernatural ability, not just to survive, but to thrive, to overcome, to be more than conquerors in every situation, oh God. We're not going to be moved by what we see, by what we feel, by any of our experiences, oh God. We're going to stand pat on the word of God. We're going to be unmovable. We're going to be unshaken. Keeping our eyes focused on the vision that's ahead of us. Thank you that 2020, you've already declared it at the, as the year of vision manifestation. So thank you, Father, that we will see what we have heard for years past and years recent, we will see the manifestation, God, of things that have been deposited on the inside of us. Things that, that, that God, that have been a part of us, those great and precious promises, God, those things that pertain to life and godliness that are already inside of us, that God, that this year we'll begin to see the manifestation, God, of those things on the outside in our lives. Hallelujah. That our fruit, the fruit of the righteous, will be a tree of life for the world to see, for the heathen to pick, for those who are around us, God, to experience and encounter you because they, they are around us and their lives are touched by our manifestations. God, we thank you tonight that we just get stronger and stronger and stronger every day 
and that God, grace and peace is multiplied unto us and that God, we get stronger and better. Hallelujah. And every day we know you more and we become more and more wise unto salvation. We give you praise and glory and honor knowing that you're going to deliver us out of every affliction. We give you praise in advance for total victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Put those hands together and give God, Father God.